Hi, this is Rick Durfee from Durfee Law Group, and I'm going to talk about one very specific thing for those that have a revocable living trust, and that is funding your trust. Uh, in other educational articles and videos that we have on our website, we've made the point that a trust is a contract that controls assets over time. Here's a quirky thing in the law. If assets are not, in fact, transferred to the trust, the trust doesn't technically come into existence. Even if there's a document that says there's a trust, if the trust doesn't own assets. I was telling some of my staff the other day, I've been practicing law long enough. Decades ago, I, I got files from an attorney who, who was retiring, and in his files were these typewritten trust documents that were written on manual typewriters, if you can believe that. And in the schedule of assets, they would have a dollar bill taped to the page as the, oh, I'm funding my trust with this $1 bill so that they could qualify and say, in fact, assets were transferred to the trust. We don't do that anymore, but, but we want to make sure that assets are transferred to the trust. Working with our clients, one of the things we strongly recommend and encourage and include, if they will let us, are some basic transfers. We like to actually assign, with paper that says this, all the personal property and household goods into the trust. We do a catch-all or omnibus uh, transfer that says, anything I own that's not prohibited by law, I'm putting in the trust. We also like to transfer employment benefits into the trust. Sometimes we've had situations where a, a person passes away and there's some benefit from their employment that uh, we're trying to collect and get into the trust and having that piece of paper that says, yeah, I transferred that into the trust, so my trustees are now authorized to do that, uh, deal with it even though I'm dead and not available. They can deal with it so we can go collect it. And then a fourth one that's kind of newer that's been in the last few years is we like to transfer digital assets to the trust. So digital assets, what's that? The passwords, the websites, the, the cryptos, the, all those uh, digital things that we keep online. Now, I have to say... Those digital assets, that's an area of the law that is emerging. The laws are still being figured out and sorted out as I'm making this video today. And so it's going to change over time. And in any event, you must comply with the contractual requirements of the digital service provider. But it's extra powerful and helpful if you have an instrument that says, I intend for my digital assets to be owned by my trust and I hereby transfer them to the trust. So we uh, will prepare instruments for that. Besides that, when you get your trust and you take it home and you go, cool, I went to a lawyer and I got a trust, I have a trust now. What have you got to do? You've got to do some things. And I want to mention a few very specific things. Number one, your financial accounts, your personal financial accounts need to be conveyed to the trust. So you're going to go to the bank, you're going to take your little trust notebook and all the paperwork in it, and you're going to tell the banker, I have a trust, I want my bank accounts put in the trust. And there's two options for that. Option one is the trust actually becomes the owner of your personal accounts. Some banks make that difficult. So option two is... The trust becomes the pay on death or transfer on death beneficiary. The trust is the beneficiary of the account. So the trust is not technically the owner of the account, but it becomes the owner of the account in the event of your death. I need to add that this is for personal assets. This does not apply to bank accounts in the name of a business, nor does it apply to retirement accounts. On retirement accounts, there are some very specific rules 
you may or may not want to name the trust as a beneficiary of your retirement accounts. There's some pros and cons to that that we'll have to address in another video. But be aware, you may want to make your trust in certain circumstances the beneficiary of retirement accounts. Business assets are another thing that need to be conveyed to the trust. So if you have a corporation or an LLC or a limited partnership or some other form of business entity, your interest in that should be conveyed to the trust. One of the things we see a lot is people will go to one lawyer to do their estate planning and another lawyer to do their business planning and the two never talk to each other, coordinate with each other and so it's disjointed. It's not what we call integrated. An integrated plan means, oh, you have a trust? Oh, yeah, business entities, we're going to have them work together so the trust owns the business entities so that the business entities are not subject to probate, so there's a succession plan for what's going to happen with the business in the event of the death or disability of the business owner. And the last one that I'll mention that's super important is real estate. Your personal residence and any other real estate, rental properties and the, the land you inherited from grandma, all those things need to be actually deeded to the trust. Now, if you're working with a law firm like us or, or other law firms that know what they're doing, uh, the law firm can, if you're willing to let them, help you actually prepare the deeds and deed that property to the trust. We do have clients that say, yeah, I don't want you to do that. Don't do that. In which case we say, that's a bad idea. You should have us do it. Uh, I've also seen situations where lawyers actually say, oh, you don't need to deed your real estate to the trust. That's what your pour over will is for. If you ever have a lawyer say that to you, politely thank the lawyer, get up and leave the room, and get as far away from that lawyer as you can because that lawyer is either ripping you off or doesn't know what they're doing. Your real estate needs to be conveyed to your trust to avoid probate. Another biggie that happens, we end up probating real estate all the time when people have trusts. Why? Here, I'm going to tell you the most common way that your real estate ends up being subject to probate even though you have a trust. You set up the trust, the lawyer who helped you set up the trust appropriately helps you convey the your house to the trust. So the trust owns your house. And then you go to refinance it. You're getting a pool loan or you're just refinancing to get a better interest rate or to pull money out of your house for whatever reason you're doing a new loan on your house. And the lender says, this would be a lot easier if your house was not owned by the trust. So to accommodate that, you deed the house out of the trust put the new mortgage on it, intending to put it back in the trust, but then you don't. Time passes, and then somebody dies. And then the children come and say, hey, mom and dad had a trust. Hey, they deeded it to their trust. How come the real estate agent is telling me that we have to probate the house in order to sell it? And we go look, and we say, well, yeah, it was in the trust, but mom and dad took it out, and they never put it back. So even if you put your house in the trust one day, if you take it out the next day, you got to put it back in or it's still going to be subject to probate. So when you have a trust, when you have one of these revocable living trusts for estate planning purpose, it does you no good unless you actually convey your assets to the trust. Now I'm going to tell you one last story because I can. Uh, years ago, I met with a gentleman. He was 101 years old. And I suggested to him, because he had significant property and significant financial accounts, that he needed a trust. And his response to me was, and I'll try not to mimic him, he, even though it was hilarious to watch this at the time, he said, a trust? A trust? A trust is for old people. And I said, I, I, I 
don't mean to be rude or disrespectful in any way, but you're 101. If you're not old, who is? And fortunately, he was willing to go along with it. We created a trust. We conveyed his assets to the trust. And then ironically, his wife, who was nearly 40 years younger than him, died before he did. So having a trust is important for anyone that has significant assets. And significant means generally more than $75,000 worth of assets, especially if you have real estate. If you have any kind of family issues, if you have a blended family, if you have uh, disabled children, if you have children that may or may not be good with money, if uh, a trust is a highly appropriate vehicle. If you have a trust and it's old and you want it reviewed, if you have a trust and you just have questions about it, why did I do this thing? How does it work? Or if you don't have a trust and you have questions, get appropriate legal counsel. We can help you here. We have other articles and videos on our website that are educational, that are there to help you think through uh, all, all the trust issues. So should I fund my trust? Yes. Do you need help funding your trust? Maybe. It depends on what you got. Get the help. Get answers to your questions. We're here at Durfee Law Group to help you if we can. Thanks.